The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome back, Lalit and JR. Thank you, Mahesh and JR. Yeah, uh, it's good to be back. Yeah, let's Absolutely. That's wonderful. And thanks uh, for joining me again for uh, uh, this continuing uh, uh, episode. We were discussing last time very interesting subject, the leadership in 21st century. And specifically, we were... Uh, addressing uh, the question of uh, how leaders are required to deliver optimum performance in any kind of environment. And uh, uh, we're considering the current and evolving environment where wealthy are becoming wealthier, people are experiencing decline in uh, wealth and lifestyle. There are issues of inequality, terrorism, and also climate changes uh, which are coming to the forefront. And there is a decline in trust in corporate and political leaders. There is a de- decline in uh, organizational power. And under all that, how the leaders need to cope with these issues around? Well, I, as, uh, as I remember the discussion, uh, and uh, very fervent and uh, insightful, uh, we really talked about uh, some of the background, some of the legacy, some of the history of uh, of this uh, this sort of um, I guess I'm going to call it a fractured world where you have issues of inequality and issues of climate and issues of declining lifestyle and really talked about uh, 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 distribution of wealth issues and so on and uh, uh, Lalit brought up a, a point at the at the end of that uh, conversation. On uh, leaders being able to make trusted choices, uh, uh, and 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 as I remember that conversation, we 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 talked uh, uh, a bit, and uh, uh, my friend Lalit uh, put a lot of emphasis on uh, the value of trust, and and so today I think I would uh, I would like to maybe start talking a little bit about. Uh, uh, about trust and about uh, um, how uh, trust has changed and uh, a, a little, and what trust is like in the world, and then maybe about um, how we might be able to bolster that, or how maybe better yet, how leaders are should sort of think about uh, about this, you know. And, and uh, I'll begin this uh, this thinking with uh, the idea that. that uh, uh, trust really makes the world go round. The way the way the world 
works, uh, uh, the way the world operates, the way organizations operate, the way uh, the way that relationships work between countries, corporations, individuals has a lot to do with how they actually um, trust each other. Uh, and you know, all you need to do these days is as as look at uh, look at the newspaper headlines, and and you get headlines that that. Um, it really exhibits sort of this crisis of trust, and, and again, in all those different domains, you get uh, headlines like uh, "Relationships Fall Apart as Trust Dwindles," and and both sides are betrayed by the other's trust, and employees' new model trust one another. You know, those those are sort of emblematic of this sort of this uh, this erosion of trust that has become uh, prevalent in, in many places around the world. It seems like trust is, is, is low uh, uh, most places. Um, it sort of saturated the global society and, uh, and our relationships. Uh, I'm just going to give you a couple of figures, a couple of uh, uh, a little bit of metrics uh, that come from a guy named Stephen R. Covey. He's got a book called The Speed of Trust, and and he, he basically says that trust is almost every, in, in almost every societal institution, government, media, business, health care, churches is significantly lower, and he gives some examples of numbers in the U.S. Uh, the Harris Poll revealed that only 22% of those in the survey uh, t trusted media. 8% trusted political parties. 27% uh, trusted government. 12% trusted big business. And at the organizational level, 51% of employees uh, said that they don't trust uh, their or have confidence in their senior management. 36% of employees believe that their leaders act without honesty and integrity uh, or with integrity. 76% of employees have observed illegal or unethical conduct on the job. Now, those kinds of things are fairly, are fairly troubling and, and really signs of what we, what we've uh, talked about uh, last week uh, around uh, uh, what has happened in the in violence around the world and and so forth. Uh, uh, there's a British uh, sociologist, David Halpern, who basically talks about 34% uh, of Americans believe that they can trust other people. Now uh, this is. This is just personal trust. Uh, Latin American numbers are like 23%. Africa is about, about 18%. Uh, uh, Great Britain, which had a trust that, that basically uh, showed that over the last four uh, decades, 60% uh, uh, of the population believed other people. In this survey today, it's down to 29%. So, 
you know, the, the idea of uh, an erosion of trust causes fiction and uh, whether, whether uh, that's a result of unethical behavior or just incompetent behavior, uh, th these, uh, these low trust levels uh, create uh, uh, um, slowing down of everything, every decision, every communication, every relationship has a tendency to slow down. And before, before that dim, dark picture, uh, I, I go any farther with that. Let, let me say that there are some bright spots in this this thing. Uh, also, that that Halpern study that I referenced also says that. There are some bright spots, uh, Scandinavian countries, for example, Denmark, Sweden, Norway, and, and people of uh, the Netherlands actually believe that they can trust others, 68% uh, uh, and 60% respectively. Uh, they, you know, this shows that there's, there's some highlights or higher trust societies that are available, even in places like you wouldn't think of, of Mexico, for example. Uh, uh, has a 38 or uh, 31% trust level. I think that's pretty pretty low, but uh, uh, in the 1980s it was only 19%. Um, and so this this uh, this this whole idea of trust that that sort of is driven by leadership, uh, I think, deserves some. Uh, a strong and specific focus. You're right. You're absolutely right. Uh, the trust factor is very important. And uh, in 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 the era, and especially in 21st century, when there's a decline in trust uh, at, at all levels, corporate as well as political levels. And uh, you don't have uh, much of a leverage through executing uh, the organizational power. Also, uh, it becomes a little bit more of a challenge for leadership, along with other issues in the environment, you know, as we discuss inequalities, terrorism, climate changes, the the, the leadership uh, issues. Uh, are coming from looks like all angles. So the flexibility of leadership, uh, the direction of leadership, how to handle them becomes very, very important. And as Lalit had mentioned in the last episode, that you cannot use a standard template of uh, uh, leadership as probably was the case in past when you could do that. Uh, the leaders, it looks like, for, for generating optimum performance may be uh, changing or I would rather say adapting their strategies, their purpose. I don't know, Lalit, we will have a discussion on it, that uh, once you've decided the purpose would, uh, of the business, uh, would you need to change as the environment is changing dramatically, especially as we have seen in the last few decades, uh, the, the impact of terrorism, the climate change, and, and the social responsibility, which is which is coming up to the forefront. 
So, would it be fair to say that leadership, number one, would become difficult to execute in the future if you are not very nimble in your thought process, in adapting to the environment, and also very efficient in moving your organization along with you or the country to execute it. We will now take a short break and uh, Lalit, we will start with you uh, with your thought process on that. You had earlier um, in last episode, you had, you had uh, brought in a very good point about the impact even of, let's say, terrorism and how the technology companies can contribute there and what could be the role of leadership. We'll take a short break and we'll be back shortly. business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Welcome back. You're listening to Global Business with Mahesh Joshi. We are having very interesting and intriguing discussions uh, with Dr. Lalit Johari and JR. Um, Lalit, uh, we were talking about uh, the impact of inequality, terrorism, climate change, etc., and trust. And how should the leaders cope with it? What qualities, what behaviors from leaders uh, would be needed in future to be successful? That's a very uh, interesting question and very fundamental. <clears throat> Let me try to reflect a bit. Um, first of all, uh, let me connect it with what I had said in one of the earlier episodes that the leaders today need a purpose which aligns the, the interest of different uh, stakeholders within the society. Now, beyond the purpose comes the stage of uh, choice-making and execution. Because of the growing diversity in our societies today, <clears throat> we find that the element of uniformity is giving way to element of diversity, which clearly uh, has some compelling implications for the leaders. Leaders simply cannot have a uniform message for various segments of the society, according to me. Uh, 
while they must have a common purpose shared across different stakeholders they must be in a position to adapt their message to the different segments of the society i mean take for example a global organization uh, we have large number of consumer product uh, companies operating in countries around the world and many of them are doing excellent work in the social space now the social situations tend to vary between one country and another country take for example a wealthy country like united states the social issues might take a very different uh, nature and definition as compared to social issues in a country in africa so the ceo or the the same organization which is operating in united states and africa has to adapt their Uh, message in such a way that it makes sense and meaning to the local audiences so i would say in terms of behavior the uniformity must be substituted by flexibility and being able to adapt the message so that it carries a weight and the meaning for the people who are on the receiving end second kind of behavior that i see here and i think jair pointed out to that that the leaders more, more than ever should be willing to listen they must be willing to go down to the reality they must be take for example corporate leaders a lot of corporate leaders are today spending a lot of time trying to observe the customers in retail situation why are they doing it but that is where they can learn how to make the best choices gone are the days when you could close yourself in a high rise building and sit on the drawing board and design the strategy today is the time when the leaders must be part of the reality they must be willing to unlearn what they have learned in the past and relearn what they see in the form of a new reality the third thing is that leaders must reflect a set of values which echo the sentiments of the contemporary society we have said a lot about the trust according to me there are many different ways by which we can restore the trust we can make more responsible choices we can work in the interest of larger number of uh, stakeholders and we need to have values which are acceptable to the contemporary society and therefore the behavior requires a certain degree of value alignment values are constructs which tend to shape the behavior of the leaders and the organizations so once again the values must be such that they demonstrate that here is a leader who stands for the best possible choices in the context of um, the the modern society the fourth aspect of the behavior that i would Uh, reflect upon is honesty and integrity 
particularly when it comes to sharing the information with the society. I mean, we see so much of uh, sponsored information which is presented in the form of a absolute truth by the media, whereas there are big commercial agreements behind those sponsored, highly motivated pieces of information. And in many countries, the legislation is such that the innocent members of the society don't know that certain kind of information has been paid for and sponsored by the big corporations or by institutions or even by individuals. According to me, the leaders must be very careful in terms of ensuring that the information that they present to the society is transparent, is honest. Fifth and the final aspect of the behavior that I would reflect upon is leaders must present themselves to the society as individuals who are accountable to the society. They must come out of their framework of protected environment. They must make themselves visible to the society. They must be there to answer all the questions that the people have. That is how I would characterize the behavior of leaders in 21st century. Very nice. Uh, thanks, Lalit. Uh, uh, JR, do you have any further comments on this question? Oh, oh my. Um, uh, may I say uh, that was uh, not only brilliant, but absolutely insightful. Uh, this whole idea of... Uh, uh, of behavior is very interesting to me. You, you said something, Lalit, that that uh, um, I think I'm going to put on a plaque and put on my wall, and that is that values drive the construction of behavior. Okay, uh, uh, you know, uh, for me, that's almost a perfect definition of character. Uh, and I, I think it's so important, this, this issue of character, uh, after our, our previous discussion on trust, becomes much, much more primal uh, than uh, almost any other element. Uh, those, those values that, that drive the construction of our behavior you know, leaders in a global world today can't, they, they cannot be effective without uh, a myop, with, with, a, with a myopic vision, you know, uh, and, and many exhibited characteristics in leadership today are certainly myopic, if nothing else. That the, the tenets of leadership that that you talked about, the idea of learning, unlearning, and and relearning, uh, this are, are sort of part and parcel of that of of your second point. You know, listening. I would say, uh, uh, learn, 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 listen, listen, listen. Um, 
they are they are values that cannot uh, be that that cannot be just espoused, cannot be just talked about, but they actually have to be implemented. Uh, leaders, uh, a leader that's not able to to see sort of in all directions at one time uh, and see almost in four dimensions. Uh, will not be able to cope in this in this new world. They're, they will simply become managers of process, and I might suggest managers of the process of failure. Uh, and so, to me, an important piece of that is that, and 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 a part of my uh, my core belief is that that character. Uh, is something that's not a static mindset. Mm -hmm. uh, there's there are values or, or volumes of, of uh, resources that speak to the critical thinking and this uh, decisive hunger uh, for effective leadership. What what is necessary is a, a, a passion and a willingness to change. Mm -hmm. um, and, and uh, that, I think, is what becomes a, a critical piece of what we see in leadership going forward. It's this idea. Uh, Edmund Burke was, a, was an Irish statesman in the, in the end of the 1700s, and he said that no, no one made a greater mistake than he who did nothing because he could only do a little, mm -hmm. uh, and, and so uh, this whole idea of passion and commitment to to changing character, I think, is 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 very very important. Uh, this whole idea of practice makes perfect. Uh, you can only do it if you want to, and you have to be able to take the ten these five tenets that that uh, that you've given and actually implement them. In your in your uh, your your implementation in your character, uh, and with that I believe will bring about significant significant uh, tectonic <laughs> changes in in global society. Well, that's a brilliant point. You know. Uh, we, we we had really very nice discussion. You know uh, how how the leaders can shape a lot of good things for society, not only for the businesses. Uh, if you look at there are some behaviors that could be trying to pick up on the positive aspects, having a purpose, you know, and and delivering it, even having social cause included in the business. But there are enough examples of people setting up the process and values to communicate to the people so that people like it, not what the business stands for and they get caught very quickly. There could be people who are looking for customer centric innovation but you may find them in a quarter buying back their stocks to increase APS to just keep the stock price up and not investing that money in innovation or, uh, or, or towards uh, activities which you can do to reach out to customers. So brilliant points, uh, both purpose, value, all of them. 
uh, the only thing is um, for leaders to realize the value of it and be truthful to themselves and that's where comes the trust building not only with the stakeholders and investors to to, to keep them afloat and make them listen to what they want to listen uh, and, and use the buzzwords around it uh, in spite of the environmental hazards at times and changes continue on the path of having the right purpose right value system which they can follow and, and, and communicate with the audience to keep a trust we'll take a short break and uh, we'll continue after that from the boardroom to you voice america business network business you'll find the experts here voice america business network Welcome back. You are listening to Global Business with Mahesh Joshi. Very intriguing, very interesting, very knowledgeable, and uh, thought-provoking discussions with Lalit and JR. JR, uh, would you like to continue on the discussion we are having in the last segment? Uh, Mahesh, I was uh, sort of taken by the uh, uh, your little dissertation at the end uh, about... Uh, this idea of uh, almost myopic leaders and how how they have uh, they have uh, used uh, their position or power in order to bring about uh, certain uh, agendas that uh, may or may or may not have been what we would consider valid. And I had a good I have think I have a good example of the other end of that stick on how you you really have a truly transformational leader that used these principles uh, that uh, Lalit was talking about in the last section the, the you know the flexibility the listening the reflecting on, on social values honesty um, accountability the, the, uh, and this is an example of, of of a place where it actually worked now. Uh, this is a this is a, a guy who is a transformational leader. His name is Alan Mulally. Uh, uh, that's M U L A L L Y. Who uh, not only led a Mulya. Say it again. No, I said the Ford guy. The Ford guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, he's not only the Ford guy, but he led a transformational effort at Boeing. Yes. Uh, uh, but uh, also, uh, he did the same thing at at Ford. You know, he, and he would probably be the first one that would talk to you about the 
that this the effort at Ford was really not his achievement, but it was a sort of a collective achievement of the thousands of stakeholders, the, the employees, suppliers, dealers, unions, financial institution, boards, a bunch of others. Uh, he believed deeply in the, uh, the leading together philosophy uh, that he gained from his Boeing experience, uh, but this became critical at Ford due to the multitude of stakeholders and the political infighting uh, culture that uh, had become pretty much toxic. Uh, Mulally bought, uh, uh, brought his uh, top managers together weekly uh, to assess problems and progress uh, through his implementation process called uh, that he called creating a value uh, roadmap. He met with uh, resistance, a lot of resistance, due to the fear of admitting problems. He built trust with those who uh, were brave enough to acknowledge that they needed help. Uh, at, at every meeting, uh, managers were asked, uh, what have you learned by sharing concerns, uh, uh, making course corrections, and especially fixing problems together? By combining uh, focus on implementation and uh, making tough calls and uh, focus on continuous learning, Mulally changed Ford from a waning company very, very close to uh, bankruptcy to one of the world's most successful automobile companies. This is that. This is a, a great example how the implementation of these principles actually work. Wonderful. Yeah, you know, uh, I'm glad, Jerry, you brought that example. I just wanted to share something more. Let's let's pick up uh, some of the current leaders. Uh, uh, let's say in business, who are being uh, uh, countered by separate. Um, I would say publications or whatever way you you see them as good leaders in business, and it seems that uh, there, there may not be um, everything common between them. So let's say the company which everybody talks about, Amazon, Jeff Bezos, the founder of C, uh, founder and CEO of Amazon. So he he is now the number one on Fortune's world's greatest leaders, and. Uh, and he has come there in, in a pretty good time. Uh, let's see what, what he did. He he built his whole business on creating a quality of customer experience. You know, and he has been pretty steady on it. He's pushing it hard as, as the basis of his business. And um, he was always interested in progress. Uh, other piece which was very evident with him was if company was struggling in a particular quarter like most of the companies can be in a stock uh, market uh, it didn't make much of a difference to him he, he didn't re overreact to that he was more bothered about how the business is trending is it going in the right direction or not now you look at um, another personality Tony CEO of Zappos you know as, as the Washington Post last year said, that he's like a constant growth and change guy, you know. But uh -huh. his personality is, uh -huh. uh, he doesn't want to be called a leader. And he just wants to support the people around him 
and 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 find out what they need to excel. He, he calls himself a facilitator of success, you know, and uh, yeah. and and he allows uh, the people to succeed and gives them all the tools. Now on the other mm -hmm. side, yeah. uh, you look at um, Elon Musk, the the Tesla Tesla guy. Now he's also known as a transformational leader, but his leadership style is very unwavering, and he's quite opposite of uh, Tony of Zappos. He leads with very strong opinions, and uh, and, and and he says he has a he has a vision, and others don't. So he just goes with that, <laughs> and he sets. A very high bar for his employees and pushes it pretty hard and he's known for using his uh, you know uh, persuasion and 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 push, push using his charisma to push the buy-in from the teams now rock said in his ambition yeah. that he is going so that's the third guy now if you look at the starbucks guy uh, harvard who is the chairman um, he spends time with his employees he doesn't want to spend time with business entities he is more bothered about organizational success. Now, uh, the fifth one uh, whom I want to touch is uh, Indra Nui, chairman and CEO of Pepsi. Now, she's been successful. She's been there for almost a decade. And he, she has been ranked among the Fortune's most powerful women. And she's considered very well-rounded. And, and she uses her skill of being able to build relationships and and make commitments to the people around her she brings the energy of the organization so the five of uh, uh, these people which I talked about uh, they have different ways to look at it but they are succeeding in the current environment yeah yeah exactly can, can I give you can I give you one more sure definitely yeah uh, uh, yeah, this is uh, Stephen Green from HSBC, uh, the chairman. You know, for uh, H, uh, HSBC, a bank, you know, for decades had uh, been successful uh, with their growth strategy and capacity. Uh, basically, that was founded on uh, acquisitions. Uh, however, uh, with those acts, with with acquisition upon acquisition. Uh, the HBSC uh, began to uh, have some issues around uh, their uh, their uh, operational culture. You know, they they were coming uh, to a place where they had a lot of different cultures. There was no one company culture. It made it very difficult to integrate operations and to to really increase demand for consumers. Uh, and uh, Mr. Green, is, as a chairman, has set out uh, to basically change that, and he actually uh, dramatically slowed down the acquisition. He actually slowed down the company performance until they could get their portfolio companies integrated into one culture. And he called it uh, he called it collective uh, management. Uh, this uh, this meant building new organizational capacity um, based on collaboration and uh, and sort of client first uh, development of new systems and processes. This sort of collective mindset that uh, would uh, make uh, a one company culture a reality. This to me 
is 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 this whole idea of of inclusivity and diversity in in leadership. The the, the folks that that uh, you're mentioning uh, here all have have uh, their own leadership style. Uh, this has. And so, so you can see by the sort of diversity of, uh, of leadership styles here that uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of ways to kind of uh, uh, get to performance and production. This this also brings up uh, another very, very emblematic point for me is is that uh, the, the the issue of uh, being able to operate these kinds of operations not within a sort of a, um, a, a, a nearsighted uh, uh, perspective, but to really uh, be very diverse and be very sensitive to, to diversity inside of effective uh, leadership. Well, thanks, Jad. You, you bring us uh, to a very good point on diversity. We are now going to take a short break. And uh, uh, we'll take the subject of diversity when we come back from the break. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio, Voice America Business Network. Welcome back. You are listening to Global Business with Mahesh Joshi. Interesting discussion. Uh, last uh, segment, we, we finished with the uh, discussion on diversity. How important is the perspective of managing the diversity? The definition of diversity has been evolving. It's been changing. Uh, it had cultural, gender. Now, uh, there is generational diversity also. So how important it is for leaders in 21st century, Lalit? Thank you, Mahesh. Another uh, very basic uh, and important question. And as you rightly pointed out, that the leadership today has to address multiple types of diversities. The, uh, the intergenerational diversity is a big challenge. The ethnic diversity is another very big challenge. We are also seeing uh, diversity in terms of the value systems. So the key question is that if you are 
running an international organization you simply cannot uh, uh, run a monocultural organization you have to have lot of diversity because that is a key source of competitive advantage for many global or many international organizations so then the key question is that is there a <clears throat> sort of formula that can help the leaders in terms of uh, developing a sense of what it means to uh, lead a highly diverse organization diverse from multiple perspectives now here are some thoughts first of all the leader must have been a student of diversity if a leader lacks sense of diversity appreciation of diversity understanding that diversity means bridging different type of gaps and differences i would say such a leader will have a very low probability of success and therefore i always give a greater degree of importance to corporate leaders who have had exposure to multiple geographies and by the way in the political space one of the big limitation of the leaders is that many of them have Uh, cultivated their leadership skills or have not cultivated their leadership skills from their home country environment and that often works against their own interest and that also becomes one of their personal limitation so first thing that you would only qualify to be a successful leader of a diverse organization provided you have tasted diversity yourself right you have a strong appreciation of diversity you understand its value from the point of view of the success of the institution secondly your leadership should base should be based on the principle of uh, bridging and integrating differences you just cannot afford to take Uh, sides you cannot be uh, you cannot have a pre- preferred set a set whom you are going to ignore completely third and the most important thing you must have a huge degree of willingness to nurture a lot of value that exists between uh, the the edges across the different cultures so first thing you must have experienced it secondly you must be uh, good at bridging differences third you should be good at in terms of exploiting value that exists across different cultures yeah uh, i am uh, uh, i uh, not surprisingly uh, uh, i am in full agreement with that the the idea that um uh, diversity is, is something that you really don't understand uh, unless you've had some experience at it uh or or you have gone beyond your normal 
if I can say anything is normal, sensibilities to understand differences, um, and and uh, uh, there and you you are willing to uh, you're willing to embrace that particular uh, part of, uh, of of your character. Uh, I I think that. I think that this also, uh, again, comes back to something that we have talked about uh, probably again and again and again, is the idea of, uh, of uh, this building of a trust framework. And I think that is, that is what uh, any good diversity leader must think about uh, and, and spend some actual introspective time on is how they foster uh, uh, cultures of trust, uh, 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 trust frameworks. Uh, you know, I I had uh, I had a number of uh, a number of uh, uh, sort of guiding principles uh, and leadership over my uh, my years and in, in positions and. And I think that, that diversity is sort of built into some of these that I might I might share with you now. You know, a diversity leader uh, needs to be needs to be a chancellor of change. Uh, that that sounds probably is a little bit more artist coming out in me uh, and romantic than uh, than. Um, uh, business plan, but they, a leader needs to be a chancellor of change. Most most people form trust based upon face-to-face -face interaction, and that might have something to do with uh, visual cues or whatever. Uh, uh, costs in business rise when people don't actually trust each other, uh, and and uh, you need to have role clarity. And and alignment of priorities, right people need to be hired, and effectual uh, uh, and uh, formal and informal processes need to be set up. Uh, there needs to be environment of of, uh, of uh, conversation rather than prescription, uh, and you need to talk about people rather than problems. And all of that stems from a character position that accepts the value of people. All right. So, uh, and and that is uh, from a thinking perspective, regardless of how tall they are, how big they are, where their geography is, uh, where their ethnicity is where their faith system lies, what their ideology is, but it comes from a place where uh, there is a passion, a desire uh, to be inclusive inside of the process. And, and uh, uh, it helps. It, it helps if you have have been in a, uh, you had a world view or had a, a taste of, of uh, something beyond your own uh, local boundaries or you have had some experience uh, 
uh, of, uh, of diversity. And I, I believe that that is, again, as, as Lalit has said, an essential element of, uh, of a leader in today's environment. Leaders also must be malcontents of mediocrity because they're always driving for uh, execution uh, rather than control. They're, 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 they're saying things like, bring me back a solution uh, and, uh, instead of doing this. Uh, their, their allocation of autonomy uh, is 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 at the forefront rather than uh, controlling uh, across uh, uh, silos. Uh, shared accountability rather than leadership intervention. Yeah, integrated flexibility rather than the 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 man behind the curtain. This kind of 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 performance is driven by an inclusive attitude that understands that that none of us are better than any of us and none of us are smarter than all of us uh, and and it is just simply a, a uh, I, I, I would call it a, a fact of, of um, leadership, character, uh, and not uh, uh, necessarily uh, a, uh, uh, just a bunch of pretty words. Um, leaders also need to be the curator of the creative, and, and this, I believe, uh, uh, is has something to do with being able to understand that all people have value, uh, that all people uh, uh, present you with creativity based upon value frames that you might not have, geographies that you may not have, that whole idea of of a frame of reference that you may not have and thereby limiting your ability to be creative on solutions. Diversity here is a primary piece, a necessity for transformational leaders as far as I am concerned. Uh, leaders must also be consummate connectors. Uh, they, they cannot see the world through rose-colored glasses. If we're going to do what we've talked about several times, learn, unlearn, and relearn, if we're going to listen, 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 uh, we need to recognize the value of diversity. We need to always be listening, always be empowering, always be respectful, always be inclusive, and we must make our behavior worthy of trust. Oh, that's fantastic. Thank you, JR. That, that's a great insight. And now we are coming to the um, 
end of our uh, program today. So thank you, Lalit. Uh, thank you, JR. Uh, we will continue our discussions on this very, very interesting subject of leadership in uh, in next episode. What I uh, I, I got from uh, from today's program, some of the very important takeaways that the organizations need to have a genuine purpose. Uh, a, a very robust value system, what they stand for, and an execution plan for the business. The most important part after that comes in is, they should be aligned, they should be in alignment, but there has to be a proof of sincerity by actions from the organization led by definitely the leader to create a trust, not only in the organization, but in the society. So, uh, so thank you, Lalit. Uh, uh, thank you, JR. We will continue this interesting discussion in next episode. again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the voice america business channel for more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest please visit voiceamericabusiness.com the voice america talk radio network is the worldwide leader in live internet talk radio visit voiceamerica.com the views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.